Hello and welcome to The Inner Gamer, episode 194. We're your weekly dose of video game news, reviews, opinions, and discussions made for and by our listeners. My name is Arthur Morgan, a.k.a. Breganowski. And I'm Awesome Rouse. And this week on The Inner Gamer Podcast, we talk about Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah! We jumped in, we played it, we tamed it. It's ours now. So good. And then Brett plays Call of Duty Blackout. And then gaming news, a new retro console is coming out surprise and drake co-owns a gaming brand a hundred thieves interesting a lot more to talk about on that and we don't have a discussion topic this week because we went really really long in the news so there's a lot more news that we discuss on so stay tuned for all the good stuff that's come out this week and cue that music i will do that brett don't do don't you dare touch that i'm gonna cue that don't touch it stop It is October 30th, 2018. Welcome to the Intergamer Podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, we'd love for you to support us on Patreon. For as little as $12 a year, you can make this podcast better, and we'll give you some awesome goodies along the way, such as invite to our Discord channel to play games with us. You can, uh, you know, maybe get some exclusive content early before anybody else does. You can get some uh, free swag, potentially, some free beers when you come out to our events, all that good stuff and more. Head on over to patreon.com slash the inner gamer and donate or the innergamer.net and click the donate button to contribute one time or recurring times. It is up to you. The choice is yours. And also shout out to everybody that came out to our event last week at Hop Fusion. It was a lot of fun. Played some Mario Kart, played some Ultimate Chicken Horse, played some Street Fighter, went some old school ways, and drank some beers, yeah. played Super Mario Party. Yeah, played Super Mario Party. It was great. It's all kind of, all the good stuff. Um, it was a blast. Met some new people, had fun, and uh, yeah. So with that, Austin, let's take a trip back to 1899, time, America. Time, time, fake history time, time. Yes, back in the day, there was a time when outlaws roamed the land, and we've been waiting for this moment for at least seven years. 10, 8, 15,000. It's been a while. It's been a long time. And now the moment is finally here. Red Dead Redemption 2 Did you ever think has it was been happen? released. I, I don't think it was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. I just didn't know when. I didn't think I'd wait this long, to be honest. Wow. Well, I'm glad they did. Here. I'm glad they did. This- I, I am glad, too. We've played Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, Austin, you've probably put in at least 10 hours, I would think. Yeah, I'm in Chapter 2. I don't know how long that is. It's got to be. You're still in chapter hours. two? No, sorry, sorry. I just got chapter three. Okay, I was gonna say. I was like, dang. I consider what I was two, doing yeah. chapter one, right? Because it, chapter one is super short. Like right. it's hardly a chapter. It's compared like six to the missions rest. or something. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, man. This is this is the most immersive Western, amazing looking game I've ever played. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna even add to that and say this is the most immersive best looking game I've ever played sans Western because there aren't many Western games out there. Like you have call of Juarez, you have red, red dead redemption. There's a few other tidbits here and there, but there hasn't really been 
this this realm, this universe hasn't been explored much. And I think the reason why it hasn't been explored a whole lot is because of the fact that it's so hard to make a Western interesting because you're riding horses. I mean, yeah, you have shootouts and stuff like that, which is great. But like an open world Western seems like it would be a slow dull kind of world. And Rockstar has been able to capture something I feel like nobody else has been able to capture. It's, uh, it's something special. Like the moment you jump into this game, the very beginning you have, and by the way, spoiler free cast, this is not going to talk about spoilers, but just like the climaxes, I know, right. (laughs) Just opening up into that, like the blizzard snow, walking through the snow and your horses and just seeing patches of snow form where your pathway takes you. I'm just like, yeah, that looks so good. It's the small things that really matter here. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, we see, we've seen a giant open world with like great graphics and, you know, great lighting and great clouds and great, uh, atmospheric effects, but it's those small things that keep you immersed. Like when you're walking around mud, your horse walks around in mud, certain things happen. Like you're just like, you, you, at first, you notice the details because that's not normal in a game. Yeah. But then, like, it helps immerse you into it to the point where you forget about that stuff. But it's just like, wow. If I feel like I'm there, opposed to other games like Assassin's Creed, you know, it looks good. You know, everything it fits the bill for like a really good, you know, current gen game and everything. And right. it's just like, but it doesn't immerse me. Like, I know I'm in a game, and this sometimes you can lose yourself in it. Well, it's believable enough where you're just like, yes, like I want to know what's going to happen next. I want to go explore every little thing. I want to see every little thing. I want to talk to everybody. You know, what's in this building that I haven't been in yet? Like there's got to be something really awesome. And it's like every detail, every nook and cranny is filled with this kind of immersion. Yeah. Um, So backing up a little bit, I just want to cover briefly because we've talked a lot about this game and how we didn't really know a lot coming into it, like what the story was going to be. And I'm just going to give a brief, brief synopsis, not to give anything away, but just to let people know that there is a really large story here and that there's, it's a very deeply faceted, multi-level, multi-distant based story that evolves and develops over time. But like you play as Arthur Morgan, you're part of the Dutch gang. You are, on the run because of something that happened at Blackwater. You don't know what exactly happened yet, but you know that something happened. Your character doesn't know because you weren't at that there at that moment, but you're on the run in your gang is John Marston, which is really cool. And I didn't realize how much involvement John Marston would have in this world, but like there's some tension there between you and him. And you don't really know what that is until like later on, they reveal more and more of that. But I thought that was a really cool tie into the, the new game is like uh, up to the original game is that John Marston's here, but he's younger. He's more mature. He's got, he's just, he's, he's not the same person that you knew of him as in the original game. So I thought that was a cool tie in Bill Williamson's in here. You know, you have all these characters that you remember from the first one, but you see them in a different light. Like Dutch, like has some, uh, um, you know, likable personalities to him. I thought he was a complete dick and like, you know, a gang leader, but he actually seems like he wants to protect his family and has like his family as in his gang. And, you know, you're traveling with these like women and children and you're traveling with like people of different races and like all these different groups. It's like, like, like 
just melting pot of people that are traveling this like moving bandwagon that's just trying to, you know, find a better life and make money and get better because of shit that's gone down in the past. You don't really know about, but you're learning that slowly through the progression of the story. Right. And that's kind of like the whole setup of everything. It's an interesting story. And originally I thought this is what I thought it was going to be. It was going to be like, Hey, play family, right? Like, do stuff for your family, help your family out, you know, grow, grow the camp and stuff like that. Cause that's what you do in the game. And it's just like, okay, how are they going to make this interesting? Obviously you're going to have the cowboy aspect in there, you know, run around, be an outlaw, kill right. people, take bounties and stuff. And it's like, well, that'll be fun, obviously. Right. But it's like, how is the story really going to pan out over time? And it's interesting that the way that they intertwine this game with the first one yeah. is what really sells it for me. Cause you could take a mundane task. What's like, uh, Abigail's like, Hey, can you take my son to go fishing? Yeah. And he's like, okay, I, I, it's part of the story. I was like, I guess I'll do it. So we go out there and you know, it's boring. Like, I don't like doing these side things I, uh, to begin with. So it's just like, all right, well I got to get this over with. So I go down there, teach a boy how to fish. And then two guys walk up on me and there's an encounter. Yeah. There's no fighting, but it's like an instrument. Like it went from, I'm just doing this mundane task to, tie it into the main story and making right. it a, a stupid mission into something really memorable. And I was like, right. holy shit. Yeah. And, it, and that mission ties into Red Dead 1. Yeah. So it's like, because you meet new characters that are from that. And it's just like, holy, like, it's a very D&D thing to do. It's yeah. like only in D&D can you turn something mundane and stupid into something that, that's very memorable. And it's just like, wow. Wow. Yeah. This is why I play this game. And if, if I didn't, I think it lends to the fact that, you know, well, if you played the first one, you know, what's, what's in store for everybody. So it's like, how do they get from this point to that point? Yeah. That's yeah. what's really carrying me along too. Yeah. Is knowing, I, I forgot what the term is, but like the audience knowing what's already going to happen is like a huge dramatic, um, uh, tie in and sucks, can yeah. suck an audience in easily. Yeah. I was, I was really surprised at how much, uh, like storytelling happen in the moments when you don't realize that there'd be storytelling going on. Like yeah. for example, like, you know, every, every, in every time you start a mission, it opens a cutscene and like it sets up like what's about to happen. And then you go on to travel mode basically where you're traveling from there to the destination you're heading to. And during that whole time, the amount of like, backstory and development that happens not just necessarily related to that event but just like the backstory in general of like your group and the history of that group like i learn about in this mission that i'm doing where i'm just going hunting i learn about all about why more of why i don't like john marston and you, you learn you learn about that component by doing uh doing something else but yeah so like the uh just the the backstories that they develop throughout the course of the game is uh is really really interesting and I, I like that part and how there isn't as like so there's this this system and this mechanic that they put in the game that everybody's been talking a lot about where you can like hold L two and look at somebody and like you can have like kind of carry on a dialogue conversation and like have different ways that you can take it or like when you encounter a person in the world 
you can either greet them or antagonize them depending on what kind of person you want to be. So you have control over who your character is. And like, even if you're like out in the, an area or whatever, and you're like in a town or you're in a saloon or whatever, you can go up to a person and say, I want to greet you. I want to antagonize you, or maybe I want to rob you. And then based on those different, different modes you have, like it sets up who you are as a person and that can develop and change over time in the course of this game. And I know you've experienced more of this and like, how that impacts who you are. And you have like bounties and stuff on your head, right? And stuff like that. Well, I mean, every time you do something bad or whatever decision you make, you get a tick either, you know, towards evil or towards good. Yeah. And I really don't know how that affects you. Okay. When you go into town and stuff, like for me, it's never really been a problem. Now, if I have a bounty on my head, uh, obviously I've gotten some negative points for my character. Yeah. Yeah, Or I guess, I don't know. Yeah, just negative points. And then, it, like I've gone into the, to a city with a bounty and then the, like the sheriffs immediately are like, Hey, get that guy. Yeah. Like, they, oh, they recognize shit. you and stuff. Yeah. But like I've paid off my bounty, but it doesn't give me plus points. You know what I mean? Okay. Like it just. just leaves you where you are, but then you yeah. may not get assaulted in the town anymore or something right. like that. Yeah. So I don't know if it's like other games like this, like Mass Effect, where if you go so bad or go so evil, it opens up certain dialogue options. See? Yeah. Obviously, in those games, you see that there are certain certain ones hidden that you can't yeah. open. And this one, it's just like, do you want to do this or do you not want to do this? Right. Which I think is fine. And if it's all happens in the background, I think that helps the illusion. Yeah. And I and I do enjoy that. Like, there's no reason to know. Like, that back in in the day was good, and I liked it. But now it's like I want to be immersed to the point where my actions have consequences that I don't know. So I don't know. Some people want to know that. I don't really don't care. Just like lead me in the direction of the story it needs to take me. Yeah. Yeah. I, that I, make, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've been, um, you know, kind of taking it. I'm, I'm a, I like to be a good person in all the games that I play. So I've been, a, I've been a good person in this and it's been interesting to see how people like react to you. Cause there's like moments where I could like knock this person off the edge of the cliff and let him die. Or I could like save him. Oh, and I by totally, saving him, totally kill like I got a, item that was worth $12 that I could sell because I saved this person versus not saving the person. Yeah. I was like, that's kind of cool. Like seeing like reaping the rewards or not from like a particular situation, but you never know, like having saved these people, like I've saved some people that I sent off and like, I'll be curious to see if they're able to tie in the fact that because I let those people go, that maybe that will come to bite me later on, you know, down the line. Um, And if that does happen, that's going to be like impressive design for sure. Um, but I want to talk about the world for a little bit because like, that's the biggest, like for me, one of the biggest things about this game is just how amazingly intentional every aspect of this world is. Even if like, I don't, I don't know how they built this thing. Like I just, it I is don't, I just don't know how they did it. Cause it's not so PC detailed. PlayStation four. Like I it think looks, I've maybe it's the best looking game i think i've ever seen yeah it's one of them for sure yeah i mean it definitely tops god of war and god of war looks amazing right yeah um yeah i just i'm surprised the fidelity and you like going over to a cliff and looking out into the world it is at like i could literally sit there for days (laughs) this is how far games have come i'd rather go sit at a mountain on a digital world and look out than actually like go outside and look at the roses you know yeah (laughs) 
when you can uh, literally go and just sit somewhere like you can you can set up a campfire and just go sit down and just like yeah. cook some food if you want to and hang out or you can go talk to go people. hunting and like yeah. they have like tracking systems built in there where you can go and you know track animals and like grab like the the amount of depth to the just the inventory like i hate inventory management obviously but like this one somehow is not terrible for me they do a good job I, of organizing yeah it like and I telling like you how to use it stuff that i pick up like i don't really pay too much attention to specifically what it is but i like that there's some order to the way that it's like organized and laid out like i understand now how the cores work and like the core is like your you know, your power basically. And like, eventually if that core runs out, like you won't be able to do a stamina thing or you, your health is just not going to regenerate or whatever. Right. But then you have the other bar that tells you like, just how much of you have you, the temporary like charge you have of that. And then, um, but the way that they have it organized, like in the, the command rows or whatever, like you have your health up in the top left, you have your stamina up in the top, top center, and you have all your items that are for your, um, dead eye up in the top, right. But then some of those double up on both places. So it's just nice to know that I can just go up top left, up top, up to the right. And I, that's going to refill so- something. Right? right. Right. And then you have your, um, you know, special, you know, your weapon at the bottom, your secondary at the top. You have like they have the, like an order to how this is designed. And then within each one of those sections, like, you know, this categorically, that's what this is for. Then you can like R2 to like, na- like navigate over to other items in there. Um, your horse is like your storage, which I think is pretty cool. I haven't figured out. Do you know how to like actually store shit on your horse? Like, like mm-hmm. say you have stuff in your satchel. And I want to move it to my horse. Uh, is that no possible? I don't think so. Because I feel like that should Maybe. be possible. And Probably. I cannot figure out how to do it. So I know you can like say like I buy outfits or whatever. Right. I can go get an outfit and I can just like there's an option to save it to your horse. Mm-hmm. So that if I'm ever like traveling or whatever and I get to like a cold area, I can switch outfits off of my saddle and like switch into a cold outfit instead of a warm outfit. Right. So I can store up to three outfits on my saddle and then that way my horse always has that. I had no idea you could do that. Yeah. So that, that's something you can do. There you go. Nice, nice. And then, uh, you know, it stores, like there's always stuff loaded onto your horse by default, which I think is interesting. Um, you can get multiple horses and store the horses at the at the, the stables and stuff like that. That was pretty interesting. All the customization in this game is really wild. Like there's, uh, I mean, the amount of stuff you can change on your person um, you know, hats, spurs, you know, belts, the belt, belt loops, all that stuff. Like that's pretty intense. Um, you know, craft it like you can even craft your camp by like collecting, like, you know, hunting and collecting pelts and all this different stuff to like make your camp look different. And, uh, you can craft your horse and make your horse look better and more interesting. So I was able to change like the mane of my horse and you can even do the guns, the color. Yeah. And the guns, you can customize that like this. You can change the wood app, put a different so stain much. on it, put it, put it like a, a, well, it's not a stamp, but like, you know, burn the wood, put some kind of like mark yeah, on like it and you can also engrave yeah. the metal and change the metal. Yeah. And even different parts of the gun, like the barrel, the, 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 the like revolver, the little, I don't even know what you call it. Yeah, the, uh, the place where you barrel, put your bullets. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, it's not a barrel, but it's the the chamber, but the spinning chamber. I mean, you can change so many things. I'm like, dang, like this is pretty in depth. Yeah, but yeah, there's there's a lot of customization to it. I'm like, shit, like how do they? I don't know. Some of the stuff, I'm like, I never really thought I'd ever want this, but it's it's easy enough to manage that it's kind of cool. Like I'll just sit there in a menu and just like screw around for a little bit, and if I got money, I'll spend the money to upgrade this stuff. See, these are those things that I'm. 
I don't remember if they put this in those videos, but do you, do you remember? I don't remember. No, I mean the, the they probably said customization. They didn't talk about it now, right? Yeah. So this but is one I'm of those glad. things where it's like I don't want them to tell me this. I want to find out for myself. Yeah. Because exactly. I mean, it's one of those main things. It's like, well, you're gonna go to a store. You're gonna go to a gun store. Yeah. You're gonna change your clothes. Yeah. Like you're gonna figure this stuff out. And like, if they told me about that, I'd been like, okay, cool. Yeah. I know I can do it, but it's not as exciting if, if I figure it out for myself. Right. And then go through all the options. Yeah. Um, so going back to the the scenery and all the yeah. amazing landscape, they added in something new, which I think is new. I don't remember this being in uh, GTA Five, but the cinematic mode, where right. you just you turn on cinematic mode, and uh, if you you know hit X for your horse to go, it will follow a path. And if you have something marked on the map, it'll just go to that marked place on the map. So it's cool because it does all these really cool angles and like if you're going over some like cool landscapes or like you just found like going through a new place, it allows you to kind of just look around at everything. Yeah. And I'm like, this is freaking phenomenal. Cause yeah, cause you get to travel everywhere, but you, there is a fast travel that opens up later in the game or once you upgrade your camp enough. And it's just like, this is nice to give you a moment to sit back and just enjoy what this, what they built. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. so much to see. I'm just like, holy shit. And one place is way different than the next. Yeah. And it's nice to, like, it's it's very nice. Like, it's so serene. I think that's yeah. what makes this game so enjoyable. Because before, like, I don't know, traditional just running, like, following the path, taking about, you know, five minutes maybe to go across the map or something in real time can be a chore. Yeah. Because yeah. a, a lot of these things, a lot of these missions are spread out. Yeah, so it's like, and they do uh, like the distance, the travel time is a lot and they've done a better job this time with checkpoints because I've died a few times just by mm-hmm. like doing stupid stuff or just not realizing what I'm like, just forgetting a command or whatever. And I just die. Yeah. But like, uh, <laughs> it, uh, the checkpoints, cause GTA five was really bad with its checkpoint system. Like you died doing a thing and you're like, son of a bitch. I gotta like, literally it took you back to the beginning of the mission when it should have found a point in that period of time to like stop it. But like, for example, I was doing that one mission, the, the train, the train heist, first train heist thing you do. And, uh, in that one, like I didn't realize that I had to follow closely to the guy in front of me and shoot a guy that was going to surprise him or whatever. Right. And so I didn't, I was, I was looting bodies as I was traveling through and realized I could have just looted them at the end, but I didn't want to do that. Cause I like to loot and get cool shit. But, um, going up there, the guy dies and I'm like, Oh, son of a bitch. And I'm going to start all over again. Cause this is rock star and that's what happens. But then he just pushed me back like a minute and a half prior. I was like, okay, cool. That makes me feel better. Cause now I can just do this little bit again and get back up to where I need to and carry out the mission. So that was really awesome. But yeah, there's just the, a lot of time and care went into this space. Like the wet, like the dynamic system of like the day and night cycle, like it, when it gets dark, it gets dark and it's hard to see things that the lighting looks so beautiful and like all that happens. And like, I woke up one morning and like went outside and then started pouring the rain down and I was hunting oh, during those this transitions time. So like amazing. that was, that was incredible to see. Right. And uh, just like the little details so of... On that note, yeah. uh, I was doing a mission where I was finding my second camp spot. Yeah. Um, not the one in New Valentine, but I went to this other place. And uh, so we're following along the river. And I guess it's part of the, like that mission. Yeah. But there was fog on the river. Okay. And like, I, we kind of came into it, but then we came out of it as we followed along the shoreline. Yeah. 
And uh, you can see from behind, because I stopped to kind of watch, and the fog was rolling in from behind, and it was just kind of creeping up behind us. Oh, you see and I was traveling? Like, that is actual fog. Yeah, yeah. Like, realism right there. Yeah. And it just slowly moves in. And I was like, dude, yes. Like, little things like that. You know, normally it's just like, it kind of fades in, right? All over the certain area in some yeah. games. It's like, all right, well, it's fog. Or it's like, transition, go to black you know, start the mission at a different time of day than when you accepted it. And it's like foggy already. Yeah. I was like, wow. Yeah. This is freaking phenomenal. The detail is just mind blowing. Even walking, like the thing that like people have talked about this when they first started playing Red Dead, but it's like walk in the general store for the first time and seeing that like everything that's on the wall, like you can walk up to and just purchase and like pick up like yeah. everything that's on there and just like right. look at it and be like, so you can shop that way or you can go up and look at the book. And like the book is designed like a really old school what they would have looked like back then. And uh, you can flip through that and just see what every item does and just like purchase all these items and do what you got to do. And um, like the money set up and like the, uh, have you, have you been donating to the, seen any benefits, like noticeable benefits of like donating to the camp and like bringing yeah. food back? Yeah, and stuff upgrades. Like that? Okay. So it's yeah, upgrades. Yeah. So yeah. you donate money or items. So apparently you can only donate the items. I haven't been able to, because you get like pocket watches and rings and stuff like that. Yeah, it's like, I thought you could donate provisions, but they don't let you do that. They only let you donate like donatable things. So yeah, you know, the yeah. watches and the jewelry and shit like that. But stuff right. that can be sold for money. Yeah. Yeah, so you upgrade it and then you just get better stuff as you upgrade. Yeah. Um, and so eventually, I think the third upgrade, you get fast travel. Okay. Cool. So yeah, you I've want been that. doing that. I've been doing <laughs> but it's that. It's only quite one a way. Bit. You okay. can only fast travel to an area. You have to travel back to your base. Yeah. Well, don't they have like a fast travel? Like, don't they have fast travel stations inside towns and stuff? I heard like where the uh, the train stations are and stuff like that. You can uh, like their fast you travel fast stations. Travel to other stations, but that might be. You can't. You have to travel back. To I your mean, base. I guess you want to be able to take a train back to your base because that would not right. make sense. Because yeah. that would right. be where you're located. Right. At. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Okay. But I prefer to ride on my horse to look at the scenery. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it gives you a chance to like chill for a second. Cause like yeah. so, sometimes I had to look some things up online. So it's like, okay, right. I have like, you know, five minutes before I get to my destination. Yeah. So look something up real quick. Another thing on that note, uh, those of you that are playing the game, uh, download the Red Dead Redemption 2 companion app. There's an app that comes out with it that you can connect to. Like I'm playing on PlayStation. So you can connect to your PlayStation. You can connect to your social club, Rockstar Social Club to your PlayStation Network account, and then it allows you to have a live map on your phone or your iPad so that as you're playing the game, you don't have to open your map every time in the menu. You can just like look to your left at your pad on the side, and it's in real time following your player's character and showing you your waypoint of the destination where you need to go, and you can like pinch to zoom in and zoom out and like see all the legend and all the items that are on the map. Like it's it's a digital map right next to you, yeah. so it's kind of a cool feature to utilize. You can't set waypoints on it, as far as I can tell, but like if you take a mission and it tells you like you have a place to go, it automatically shows up on your little map down there. So that's nice. It's a nice little added feature. But uh, so I got two more things for you. Yeah. So I wish more companies would take on a rock star kind of business plan because obviously they don't make that many games right but right. with GTA 5 and the online feature that they have made so much money right yeah. they aren't pumping out games every freaking year right and look how much money they made and look how much money they were able to dedicate they've had to have dedicated a tremendous amount of money to this game in order to make it the way it is because oh, yeah. the actors are phenomenal the dialogue's phenomenal like everything in this game is phenomenal they took their time pour their hearts and souls into it i'm sure blood uh, sweat and tears 
went into this as well. Um, and it's like you look at EA and you look at um, uh, Activision, uh, and obviously I, everyone cares about money, right? That's fine. Like I get it. You got to have money in order to continue making things. And it's like why not stop pumping out all these freaking titles and stuff and focus on one game, put all your money to it, and then let I me mean, look what Rockstar's done. Yeah. I mean, have I mean it's it's hard to it's hard to make that. I, I, I agree. Um, but it's, it's, it is difficult to make that point now or that argument now, because like, this is a huge gamble to spend seven years on a game in hopes that it's going to sell really well. Rockstars, you know, they've had a lot of failures to lead up to this point. So like a new company, like for example, wouldn't be able to come out and just say, Hey, I'm going to put all, all my eggs and not even a new company, like even a five-year-old company couldn't do this. Cause like Rockstar's pedigree is like 20 years old you know, they've been around for as long as like the Bethesda studios and stuff like that. But like, I think the big, like the Bethesda studios and the Epic games could do something like this and take that risk. And instead of trying to sit there and pump out all these microtransaction infused games, like this model is so smart in that you build a single player game that's incredible and immersive and gets everybody talking about it. They buy into that game and then like probably in a month in November, they're going to bring out the online component, which is their money maker, their big, huge money maker. So like this game is like Red Redemption is going to sell like a shit ton of copies. Probably it's going to beat out GTA five or whatever. But then like once the online version comes out, that's where the microtransactions come in. But you have a 60-hour single-player game you can play if you want to, and you should because it's freaking awesome. And then you have the multiple, the online component that helps to fund the next development of whatever you know GTA 6 or Bully 2 or whatever the next title is that they're going to make. Right. And uh, that's smart because you're catering to both sides rather than... Exactly. Bethesda, which is doing... People have their Fallout single-player. And then the... the it's an exclusively online kind of experience. Right, right. Yeah. Now you're trying to cater to two people at once. Yeah. And that probably won't work out the way we want it to. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I I think it can be done, especially by EA and Activision. Yeah. Um, I mean, just focus on yourself. I mean, I think Blizzard's a good a good example, too, because they do focus on one game. And yeah, they're carrying, catering to one audience technically, um, but they are catering to two because there's a lot of story thrown into that. Right, right. They do it in such a fantastic way that that's why they're making money. It's like, yeah. but I wonder how like investors kind of looking at EA and Activision, how like they go to investors like, look at all this new stuff we're gonna have coming out. It's, it's worked in the past. It's gonna work again. And compared to like Rockstar and like if they have any investors, which I really don't know. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Yeah, because they're not they're not a public company, are they? Which one? Rockstar. No, Take Two is, which is their parent, their publishing uh, company. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, Rockstar is just yeah, they're the developers, but Take Two owns Rockstar, or is the, yeah the management. And yeah, stock price of Take Two Interactive is sitting at one hundred twenty dollars right now. They have one point four billion dollars in revenue. Jeez, but they own Two K Games, Rockstar Games, Rockstar North, and then more. Um, Jeez, but they they they're the ones that did so they. They own like franchises like Grand Theft Auto. They they own Bioshock. They did Bioshock, uh, Civilization. Those are their their nuggets. I got you. So um, yeah. So last question. Yeah. Unless you have something to say on that still? No. Okay. Game of the year prediction. Uh, yeah, I I it's gonna be I mean tough. it's gonna be in the top five, and I'm even gonna bet it's gonna be in the top three for me. Yeah, I I think. 
it's hard because I still need to jump back into God of War. But the thing with this versus God of War is that this is more my kind of game. Mm-hmm. God of War is not my kind of game. I really liked God of War. I think that story was incredible. But like Red Dead, like allows me to kind of fall into these these things that like I mean sometimes you're time wasters and stuff like that. But like going off yeah. and like doing this, like if I want to take a break from like story missions, I can go off and like do some hunting or I can go do this thing. But I enjoy the hunting and stuff like that because the right. world is so realized. Whereas in other games, I don't enjoy that. Right. Like Far Cry, I could give a shit about hunting in those games. But this one, like they've done it so well, and there's so much value out well, of they- doing it. Like Far Cry kind of makes you do it because you can upgrade your stuff. So it's like, oh, do you want to upgrade your things? Well, you better go hunt something. Right. So it's like, well, it's kind of required if I want to like progress in any way. Right. Yeah. But I mean, like this is kind of like have fun if you want. And if you do it, well, you get a little reward for it. Yeah. Because I mean, you can take it back and like upgrade your camp and stuff like that. And like, you know, gather the pellets. But I feel like there's, I don't know. There's a game everywhere too. So it's like, if you want to stop off the side of the road, you're going to find something. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and it's it's interesting. But I don't I feel like this is probably going to be up. I mean, this is it's going to be hard not to do this just because this has done I mean, God of War did something incredible with their storytelling and their gameplay, but this has done something even more so in that they've built a world that I think is way way more detailed and involved than anything else and like characters that are I mean, there's a boatload of characters in here that I think are interesting to talk to. Um, yeah. And I haven't even touched the surface of like what all is oh, there. Yeah. And yeah. there's so like there's so much backstory that comes into play and like things that do and this and that and whatnot. And it doesn't none of it feels like bullshit. Like it feels like yeah, it's, it's all purposeful and part of that yeah. experience. God of War was more focused and more. You know, they they had a uh, yeah, it had a definite focus, and I think that was the right move on their part. And that story is awesome from what I've played so far. I haven't yeah. finished it, but like, and, yeah. and my and my like my issues with the cutscene are not as bad as I thought it would be. Yeah, yeah. Like, there are some black scenes here and there, but for the most part, like it's just this clean transition to like movie mode. Right, and I was yeah. like, "Yes, thank you." Like the that <laughs> pacing is never going to be the same anymore. We well, you know what's interesting too is like, especially if you use the cinematic mode so much, you yeah. don't really realize when it's transitioning to cutscene. Oh, I know. You're in like when yeah. you're traveling, you're in cinematic mode that then just just goes straight in. Like there are some points where I'm like sitting there holding down X, and I'm like, "Oh, I don't have to hold that X anymore because I'm in actual cutscene now." <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, "Oh, fuck, that's that's funny." Yeah. Okay. But, last uh, point. I know I have a lot of points here. I know, I come to got, me. Yeah, I got. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. uh clunkiness of yes. the mechanics have been fixed for the most part. Sort yeah, so that is one of my negatives though. They've been fixed sort of, but it still has the rock star clunkiness to it. It does. The shooting is good. Lag. Yeah, the shooting, the shooting is, a lot is good, but I I wish walking was a bit faster. Yes. I think that should be a little bit faster. Running is great. But I don't want to have to sit there well, and like run can, all the time. Yeah, yeah. And you can hold down X when you're in a town or something. Oh, I know. But like it's still not fast bit. enough. Yeah, I understand. Like I want it to be like, I want to be able to just like, I don't want to have to hold down X my, the entire I, time playing I this totally, game. Totally I want agree. my walking speed to be faster than just like a slow pace crawl right. kind of thing. No, I understand. And then whenever it moves from like walking to running, there's like a little bit of a delay because he's like picking up his pace or whatever. And like it's a little bit... 
Cost of realism hurts. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> Cost weird. Cost of realism, I guess. But that, that's my only main gripe. Yeah. And then sometimes like grabbing on to looting things is a little awkward. And yes. And I don't, I've tried first person and it's, it's cool, but it's yeah, still it's not cool second, something that yeah. I right. want to yeah. spend my whole time. Like I, this, to me as a first person. I turned all my game. sensitivities to the max. It was the only way for me to like. Oh, really? Feel like it wasn't clunky. Yeah. Because like in, in GTA 5, they would it would you turn up to a certain degree and then it's like too fast yeah so now like it's a good well it could be faster honestly but yeah. for the most part I'm I'm happy with it now yeah well I want to I want to talk real quick we've spent way too much time on this but I do want to <laughs> talk real quick about a uh, blackout for a minute because I have finally played Call of Duty Blackout the actual like Dang, release version of it and I jumped into about three or four matches and damn was that good it was so good. Like this is PUBG reincarnated and I love it. Like I dropped in, I was doing solos. I dropped in a one and I got like 33 plays or whatever. So that wasn't very good. The next one I dropped into, I got killed real fast. But then the third one I dropped into was awesome. I made it to number three, bro. Number three. And holy shit, was that awesome. Like, so I made a, a point to like drop into like an off little area so I drop in on the map. I land in this area. I see another guy land opposite of me. I was like, oh, fuck. I'm going to get this guy. I want to take him out. <laughs> get him, get him. And like normally in PUBG, I'm like, I don't want to go near anybody. But like in this game, I feel confident that I can take down an enemy more so than I could in PUBG. Because like in PUBG, like if I go face to face with somebody early game, I'm going to get smacked and like smacked in the face. And that's just how it's going to be. But true. I walk in this room. I go in there. One, I got lucky and got level two armor in that room. And then there was a, um, a uh, shotgun. And they've redone since the beta a lot of the gear drops and stuff like that. Like there's chests in areas now that have like a boatload of stuff in them. And then there's uh, different levels of medic packs. Like there's, uh, there's the first aid kit that's just like a bandage or whatever. And they got like three tiers of, le- of uh, medic kits now and then they have um they have a lot more um like you can still pick up your ammo and you can still do like they have level one two three armor level three armor is very uncommon to find um there's just there's been some tweaks to some things that they've done to like the inventory system and the management of it which i think is cool uh, but i've hit a shotgun i run outside there's a guy over there in this room i didn't realize I had a shotgun. I thought I just had like a assault rifle. So I go like fast fire and I realize, oh shit, it's like, it's a one shot and I have to like <laughs> wait a second and then shoot Pump again. Action. So I like shoot at him and then I hit him and I'm like, okay, I'm going to get this guy. I'm going to fucking get him. So I keep moving out a little bit, jumping out, pop him once, jump back in, pop out. He's shooting at me. I get my health down. I met up real quick and I'm just like, I'm just going to run over there. He throws a nine bang out at me and I miss it, fortunately, and then come around the corner, look inside, pop him in the head. He sees me. He runs outside and uh, starts going around the other direction and then going around the back wall to try and sneak up behind me from the wall. So I'm like, I'm going to fuck this guy so I and he thought I was going to come around the wall so he's sitting there waiting for me to come around the wall instead I jump up over the wall drop right next to him pop point blank kill him steal his shit and it was awesome then nice I find a uh, transport truck because I have one of the things that lets me find nearby equipment the the perk or whatever I jump in a transport truck and like the circle is way far away from me so I'm like I'm going to get the hightail it into the town and uh, jump in the transport truck, start driving through. They fix the transport truck now. It doesn't like fly off when you get out of the truck or whatever. 
but I move into town. I'm like going, 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 going. People are shooting at me left and right. Like this one guy like lays fire into me and like my truck's smoking and everything. I'm like, Oh crap. I got, I just got to get out of here. Cause there's so many guys everywhere. This area is hot. I'm going to get out of there. So I drive across two bridges, almost get blown up, drive off in this thing, get out of my car and then go into this building. And I'm like, okay, I need to get some loot. Cause I, I have my shotgun. I did at one point pick up a, uh, a um uh 45 cow or not 45 but the um whatever that round is there's a, a round that's not the 556 five, but lower um and uh, i had that gun loaded with a uh red dot sight and then my shotgun so i was like i hear a guy's footsteps like i was being quiet but i heard his footsteps so i was like okay I'm going to sit here and wait for him to come out. And then, no, he was shooting at me. This is a different guy. So the, he was shooting at me and he saw, saw my truck come up. So I was like, I'm going to fuck this guy up. So I drive my car to everybody? super fast. <laughs> is that what you say to everybody? Oh yeah, I'm totally. Fuck this guy up. So I drive my, my truck really fast into there and I was going to run over a guy previously. I missed him. So I just kept going and then I drive into this town, jump out of my truck, pop out. The guy's over there. I pull out my ACOG and like, just, firing at him and stuff like that he goes down i was like hell yeah i'm in the circle everything's safe so i go up and lose body and uh so at this point i have two kills right and there's like 25 people left 30 people left nice. and uh i still have his shit he had a boatload of stuff on on his person like news like stocks and this and that and all yeah. that stuff lots of health and i was like hell yeah i'm like Face in the jackpot yeah and then the uh, the circle changes, and I have to go across the water. So I go across the water, get to the other side, and I'm just like hugging the outside of the circle. And then, um, like, I see the circle coming in because it's getting tighter now. And there's a guy that comes up over the top of the hill, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" So I get down, and I thought he saw me, but he didn't. So I'm sitting there just waiting quietly for him to come around. And uh, I hear him come into the town next to me, and I'm just like sitting there, like just being real quiet, walking. I have the. Uh, um, the perk on at this point that allows me to move faster when crouched and not be loud or whatever. So I'm sitting there hiding behind a tree and I hear him walking. I'm like, I'm going to go chase this guy down. So I run around the building and just like crouching, following him over there. And I see him, uh, across the way about to cross the water. And I was like, I'm going to get you. So I pull out my gun, start firing at him, pop dead. He's dead. But then a guy across the river, hears me start shooting at me. I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. And at this point, there's like 10 people left in the Did game. Did you say I want to get that motherfucker? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, I want to get this guy. So I like hop in the water and dive deep, deep underwater. So he's trying to shoot at me, but he can't see me anymore. So I'm just like swimming around, swimming around. And then this is at the uh, like the docks or whatever, right? So at the, like I said, at this point, there's like 10, 12 people left. And I realize under the water, there's like a little pipe that you can go into that brings you inside the dock area. Mm -hmm. So right, right, he right. didn't know. So I just like sneak up in there, come out, <laughs> climb up this hill. And then at this point I had three kills, right? So I'm sitting there and I like see a bunch of bandages and stuff. So I'm like about to die. I didn't have any health packs at this point after being shot by that dude. Oh, and I like heal myself up, find some more stuff to load up my gun. And I'm, I'm good. I have a nine bang. I have my smoke grenade. I have uh, like a trap. And then I have a couple more perks that I load up on myself and I have my shotgun and I have my other gun, my machine gun. So um, I go around the corner and uh, move up a little bit closer and then hear this guy around me. So I peek around the corner, pop, pop, kill that guy. So that was four kills at that point. And then the circle is about to get to the final circle of the game. And, and I was like, get oh, pop, shit. Pop. and I'm like <laughs> dying. Like my hands are sweating. I'm like going crazy. There's six people left in the map. And, uh, 
I was like, oh crap. I'm looking around, looking around, looking around. I don't see anybody anywhere, but I hear people like shooting rockets at each other. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go over there. So I hide in between these crates for a little bit and just wait and wait. And then all of a sudden it gets, it is the final circle and there's five of us left. I'm like, where the hell are they? So I come around the corner. I see the guy that just threw a grenade over my direction because they, they popped smoke. This one guy was like super smart and like popped a couple of smokes and just like clouded the whole entire area in darkness. So I threw my nine bang out there hoping I'd hit somebody. I did hit somebody, but didn't kill them. So then he came my direction and I like jumped up and shotgunned him twice and killed him. Nice. And then there was four left. I was like, fuck. Fuck, what am I going to do? It's going to be so bad. So I run around, run around, and then I hear the other guy who threw a grenade at me because he heard me get shot. Mm-hmm. And then so I'm like, you know, getting bloodied a little bit. I jump up, try and shoot at him again, and then he knocks me down and kills me. And literally a second later, he dies. And then uh. one. so I got to number four. And uh, yeah, but like that was that was like going all over the map. Like I started way up north, came all the way down to like Rivertown and then down into the docks and like all over the place. I was all over the place and it was, it was amazing. Man. The end. So, well, I'm um, glad you found something you it's like. It's my new battle royale. Love yeah. it. It's great. Very nice. So I'll have more to talk about later once well, I play more. What, what I've learned great. about this is that you talk to yourself a lot in these games. Yes. This is all in my head, but yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get you. Yeah. I'm going to get you. I got to awesome. get that guy. Yeah. But I did verbally say some things a few times. Like, ah, <laughs> like, oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. It was good. Yeah. When you guys shot. <laughs> it's fun. Um, and there is a leveling system in here. There's like a merit system where you have to do do stuff. Like you have to get kills, you have to get in the top 15, or you have to win to get levels. Otherwise, you're not going to level up. So if you're not doing good, you're not going to level up at all. Wow. And um, so I'm about to get to level two. And I, from what I understand is as you level up, you unlock new skins and characters. No microtransactions still that I found yet in this game. There's a store that you can buy the season pass for $50, but that's it. So I was really happy about that. Interesting. So, so far this game's badass and I love it. It's not Red Dead Redemption 2, but Close this enough. this is going to get, as of right now, this has got my best multiplayer of the year. Yeah. That's Hands pretty down. good. Yeah. Dang. I know. It's crazy. All right. So, with that, that's going to wrap it up for the games we played. Sorry, everybody. That was, that was a little bit longer, but we got a lot <laughs> to talk about. <laughs> A lot of shit to talk about. Don't forget, if you like what you hear, head on over to theintergamer.net and click donate to contribute. We are going to take a quick break and come back with our video game news. So stay tuned. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. It is time for our video game news. In this segment, we share the best headlines, Austin, from the week in the gaming industry. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this, man? All right, here we go. First up. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't answer. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Well, you can, you're welcome to answer if you like to. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, let's do this. All right. I was trying to cut you off. Yeah, it didn't work very well. Uh, <laughs> too fast for you, Brett. Too fast. So uh, do you remember the Intellivision? Absolutely not. Oh, you never had this? No. Yeah, I had this. Yeah, I know you had this. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I only it know launched, about it because you told me about it. It launched in 1979, and uh, I was not alive back then, but my parents got it from my uncle, and so we played it for a little bit, and it was a really cool little thing that was like, they touted it as intelligent television, and it played games, and then the remote the looked like a remote control. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. the remote looked like a remote control, and it was very old school, but it was very interesting, and I played a lot of it, especially Burger Time. And yep, uh, many other games. So uh, they're planning a comeback with a new console called the Amico in 2020. 
in this game system that they're developing, and this is interesting. I don't. It's it's uh, they're looking to build this um, system, and it's going to come out in October of 2020. And uh, Intellivision's team, which I don't, I didn't know there was still an Intellivision team that existed. Yeah, what? But uh, apparently, it does. So, uh, Chief Executive Officer Tommy Tallarico is uh, saying that. <clears throat> this is going to be between $149 and $179. And additionally, it is going to uh, be available. It's going to have every single game published for the platform ex- and it will be exclusive to it and cost between $299 or the games that were exclusive to it will cost between $299 and $799. And it's going to launch with several other built in titles and 20 more games in the online store. So that's that's a lot of stuff. Like there's a lot of games that are going to be in there, and uh, they say that they want to create a console that parents want to buy, not that they were asked to buy, according to a keynote that he was at in uh, the Portland Retro Gaming Expo this past weekend. So the console looks interesting. Like it's a really cool looking design. It looks kind of retro futuristic. Um, it has a little remote controls that kind of look like an iPad, uh, iPod, like the old school iPod with a little like touch wheel and stuff like that. But um, yeah, Bluetooth controllers, color touchscreen, circular directional pad with tactile buttons, gyroscope, accelerometer for motion control, and up to six players can connect using uh, using a free smartphone app for their iOS or Android. And um, some of the titles included on this include in television titles such as Baseball, Night Stalker, Scheme, Snafu, Utopia, Frog Bog, Boxing, Tron, Deadly Dis. And then they have Atari titles such as Pong, Asteroid, Centipede, Tempest, Adventure, Missile Command, etc. Some of Magic titles such as Microsurge, Atlantis, Demon Attack, and Dracula. And then even more titles than that. So um, it's interesting. But... Their selling point about this is that the average age of a gamer is 34 years old. So that reflects that with a broad array of games for people of all ages, that this could offer something for everybody, both young and old. Thoughts? Uh, I think the marketing is pretty good here. I like the trailers that they have right now. Like it actually, I think for the most part, like the way it presents it seems very, very good. Like I I think marketing-wise it's sellable. But... If you look at it, you look at the name, like I understand right now, like all these consoles are coming, all these retro consoles are coming back right now. Obviously there's a market for it. Like I said before with Nintendo, uh, they've really shown that there's something people want to play again, especially from the past. But this just, I don't think it's going to sell along with the Atari one. Maybe that will sell. Cause like, obviously there's gamers from all ages, but I think when you have Nintendo that there's a big, you know, giant fan base that really loves those games and like really created a, a whole generation of gamers in a way that I don't think you saw before. Obviously that's kind of like where I fell into the mix, but like hearing other people talk about these older consoles, was like, Oh yeah, they were great. They had some good stuff, but it wasn't anything like it was defining a video gaming, but it wasn't defining for a generation and then didn't define a generation who would go forward to create all these games we see right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I just don't think this kind of Atari falls into the mix with the Nintendo retro consoles, but Amico, like, I don't know if this is going to thrive. We don't, there's a market there, but we don't know for sure how big that market is because nothing has come out before. Yeah. If you get those, uh, what do you call it? The, the mirror, the 
I forgot the kind of little fake consoles that you can get. Emulators? Yeah, the emulators. Like, those are yeah. cool. You can get them online for free, I'm sure, or get them for a few bucks here or there. But to pay, like, 150 bucks, like, you get to show me more than just what the this this thing's showing me. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, the price point's good. I mean, it's a nice price, but I feel like the problem with this is that, I mean, you're going to sit there and be like, hey, kids, you should come... Uh, you know, like this is something that a parent could buy and play with their friends. And there's some nice features that they're adding into rewards and trophies and tournament play and all that, like multiplayer and online stuff like that. But these are, these are old games that aren't necessarily going to like, they're going to be fun for a little bit. It's going to be like the NES classic right. and this, the SNES classic and all that stuff. People have said that those are great for a little bit, but then they've, they've lost their, their appeal after a while. Right. Right. And, um, that's, I mean, like, yeah, it's going to sit and collect dust on the shelf because ultimately all this needs to be in the systems that you're already playing, right? Like, I feel like that's what's important. Exactly, and, exactly. And this, like, if they brought this out as, like, an app you could download on your, like, your app store and then just buy the controller that connected to, like, your Apple TV, like, that'd be sweet. And, uh, you know, you could have people make purchases within that app of these games and have them all stored within just an app on a device that you already have in your house. But making a proprietary hardware that's coming out separately is going to be, it's a, it's a weird, um, it's a weird sell. Yeah. It's a weird it's, move too. It's so, going to struggle. Why would you put all of that money into this and stuff? Yeah. It says right here, uh, as a quote, we are creating a console that the parents want to buy, not that they were asked to buy. Um, I feel like the people who who grew up on this console probably outgrew Nintendo in that generation. Yeah, I mean they'll buy but, this for nostalgia, but they right. won't. It's not but, gonna be their main console. Well, what I'm trying to say is like the people who probably remember this console, grew up on this console, yeah, didn't most likely didn't grow up a gaming. Now I'm just that's kind of just like what I'm thinking, right? Because if you played this and you were like a teenager or something, yeah, you probably have fond memories of this, or if you were a child, but. I mean, do you want to play that again? Are you a gamer? Do you want to buy this again and play games again, you know, to get back in the gaming? I bet there's a lot of them that are still gaming. I mean, there's I mean, that's who's developing our games now, is those people right. that that grew up on this. Right. And like there's a handful. So, but there's, there's a, they'd be surprised. There's a large number of people out there that are that are in that realm. Like oh, there's no, a I lot understand. of a lot of people that I would say that there's there's a a baby boomer generation, I would say there's probably at least like, I mean, there's, there's several million people out there that would fall into this category at least. Um, and would definitely buy into this system. They're today's programmers or today's designers of technology. They're in, they're in all these different industries and they would probably jump into it, but they're also grown up and you know, some of them are probably still playing games. Some of them may still play older stuff, but they're not necessarily, wanting to go back to this, you know, like I feel like, I don't know if they, I don't know if they want to go out and just buy this console just to buy this console. Right. Well, so, the reason I say that is because I come across people from our generation yeah, who also like, Oh yeah, I love the N64. I grew yeah. up on that. It was amazing. But now I don't play any games. That was the last console I played. Right. right you know, right. so people like yeah. that and like I they are just the, the casual gamer yeah. who ends up to be the, not the gamer anymore because yeah. you know, they stop somewhere along the way because of life or whatever. Right. So it's like, do those people want to start gaming again just to play this yeah. you know, for 150 yeah. bucks? That's true. Yeah. I, I don't think it's going to pull in that audience as much as they'd like it to um i think what it's going to do i don't know we'll 
we'll see. I don't want to talk on this too long, but it's, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, interesting. It's, it's a cool idea, but I feel like it's going to be kind of like an Ouya kind of deal yeah. where it's not oh, going to yeah. really grab anybody for a long period of time. All right. Our next story here is, uh, from Game Informer, the, uh, studio head for Motive, Jade Raymond has left EA games. So Motive is a EA studio. They were responsible most recently for the single player campaign on Battle, Battlefront 2. And they were in the progress of working on a couple of different things. So her studio was involved in not only Battlefront 2, but they were working on things such as an open world Star Wars game, a new action adventure ip and then a mysterious project we know nothing about other than it was a mysterious project well that campaign was not anything to speak about so yeah it was it was it was good did you finish it yeah, i finished it okay yeah yeah it was to speak about yeah it was it was pretty good it was uh it yeah was, it, it was wasn't like amazing it was just it was okay. a campaign you can play yeah, yeah. I'll put it like that. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I enjoyed it, but it wasn't like, oh shit, this is amazing. Yeah, it was it was just yeah. okay. It was it was okay. But uh anyway, so she joined back in 2015 to head their studio, which would create new IP and such things such as that. Um so Jade Raymond, those that may have known her name will know that she was the one that spearheaded Assassin's Creed and brought it to light. She was a producer on the first Assassin's Creed and kept it going and built that up property up and then also was exactly executive producer on both watchdogs and splinter cell backlist blacklist. So, um, now she's gone from EA and we don't know where she's going next, but, uh, in place of her, they're bringing in Samantha Ryan, who has worked on, uh, worked as president of monolith and as senior vice president of product and development at Warner brothers. She, uh, has worked on everything from companies, Bioware to Maxis and uh, is bringing her experience to this game. So she's done things with uh, The Sims, Batman Arkham City, No One Lives Forever, uh, worked on Anthem, and now she's coming to replace Jade Raymond in the head of Motive. But Interesting. uh Interesting. Yeah. So... Yeah, I, yeah. I, I've always liked Jade. Like, yeah. you know, I saw her first, she was talking at one of the E3s about the first Assassin's Creed, and I was like, yeah. oh, cool. Like, first time I actually saw, like, a woman in the industry in, like a position like that. So it was like impressive to begin with. And it was a sad screen. So it was great. And I love Splinter Cell Blacklist. Like that yeah. was one of my better ones. Or one of the more, Blacklist was yeah. cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then, um, well, I don't know what happened to Watch Dogs, but it was crap. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, well, Watch Dogs was like the first Assassin's Creed. Like, it was a really great idea, but poorly realized. And then they fixed it later on. Watch Dogs 2, not so much. Right. They they tried to fix it. Well, Assassin's Creed for me got a pass because it was early on. It was like one of the first next-gen games. Yeah. I mean, for, that climbing mechanic was like, you know, another thing. Oh, yeah. Like, it was no, so I think done anything like that exactly. before. Yeah. So you get a pass for that, but... um. Uh, it's it's funny that she's leaving now, and I'm curious to know what's going to happen to the games she was planning on working on. Yeah, I wonder if it's like a, I need to get out because these games are going to suck and I can't fix them. It's too late, like we've seen in the past with with Bioware already, Mass Effect Andromeda. Like, yeah, a lot of people left, like key people, and they're like, oh, we're not going to be part of this sinking ship. So, yeah. 
that's what it feels like to me. And it seems to be something common here. Like who's the guy who left from battlefield? I forget his name. Uh, Patrick Sutherland. Yeah. Yeah. Like he left from battlefield. Yeah. Well, he yeah. left just from EA in general. Cause he was like the, well, yeah. the head of like all their properties. Like he was right, the creative right. head of all that stuff. So he was, he was a big player in all that stuff. Exactly. Um, exactly. I mean, he was the ori- originally the president of dice, but he was right. doing even more at EA at that point. So, so I mean, he left, left within the midst of a giant controversy and yeah. backlash from that game. And it's just like, man, See, it's funny to see all these titans who were at one point really like highly esteemed. Yeah. And now like we come to this point and they're like the highest point in their career. And uh, yeah, they're like leaving for reasons that we're not completely sure about. But yeah, we can speculate. Yeah. I mean, maybe she was just ready for a change, which I mean, she was there for a couple of like three, three years. So that's a pretty long time. I feel like in the gaming industry, well, not really a long time because some of these games take like six years. But like you could achieve a lot of stuff in three years at a company because of, uh, I mean, just like that's, that's a long, that's a long time. It is. Oh no, it is. And, uh, but I don't know the fact that she hasn't really seen a whole lot come to light in her time here, like seeing a product from start to finish. It seems like other than battlefront two, like it, it kind of sucks in her position because like, who knows what's going to happen with these things. But it sounds like I know that, that, uh, that new IP that they're working on, they've had some road bumps in the past that she talked about specifically a couple years, about a year ago. Um, and said that, um, they were just like, there's a lot of things that are going on. Like it's going to be a science fiction game. It's going to be a social game, flexibility, not just about killing people, action, adventure, et cetera, et cetera. Then she said along the path that there is, um, you know, some people who joined the project early on that have already left and then ideas have been percolating. They've been working on the game, building it out. It's still in the conceptual phase and they've been talking, they've been building it for over a year at that point and they still hadn't left conceptual and gotten into actually production. Right. Right. So, um, I'm, I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting to see this happening, but, um, I know she's a talented person. I mean, she's done a lot of great things for a lot of great properties so yeah oh yeah um, oh yeah we'll see i'll be curious to see where she ends up next right Same um, here. so stay tuned for that yep. uh next up we have uh battlefield 5 speaking of ea has <laughs> announced their uh timeline for battlefield 5 when it launches so this ultimately has come to bring us light that uh firestorm is not going to launch at the game instead it's going to launch in march of next year in the third phase of their live service journey so in december to january they're going to bring out a new war story called the last tiger and this this section of the live service can be called overture so they're going to bring out a new mode with practice range you're going to have a customization system with vehicles and cosmetics so they're adding in um, new tank battle uh, location um, called belt in belgium and then uh in january to march we're going to do what's called lightning strikes which is going to bring out combined arms combat strikes so more advancements to the combat the combined arms game mode a new mission for grand operations a new multiplayer mode with the return of rush and then multiplayer mode squad conquests and then in March, we're going to bring out Firestorm officially. They're going to launch a new location called Battle for Greece, bring a new mission to combine arms and a new multiplayer mode entirely that hasn't been announced yet. So this is their timeline. And uh, yeah, the game comes out November 20th and they're going to struggle this year because surprisingly, Call of Duty is a fighting force this year. That is pretty awesome. It's honestly. wild. It's wild. Well, good for them. At least they have some good competition, try to fix themselves a little bit. 
Are you hyped about this? Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that they have stuff coming out over time. Like, it's good to be looking forward to something new. But yeah. let's see if the core game that they have that's going to be released is going to be enough to keep people going forward. Right. Um, right now, like, I have it. I bought it already. Um, I can't say, I like, I'm super excited for it to come out and jump into it because there's all these other games I want to play. Right. So it might be one of those games I jump in every so often. And hopefully it's not like, well, I guess I can hope that it's going to be semi to battle Battlefield 1 because... That I jumped in for a time, like right. a good time, and then I eventually just fell off. So right. I hope I don't jump into this and then, or like hardly jump into it and then eventually just not really play it anymore. Right. That's 60 bucks, like, you know, down the drain. Yeah. Which is a lot this year because <laughs> who it knows? Is. It is. A lot of money being spent and we are just going crazy with it. There's yeah. just a lot of stuff left and right. So anyway, um, next up we have, uh, Drake is now owner, co-owner of a gaming brand. Uh, Drake, the Canadian rapper that we all know for, uh, um, songs such as hotline of Vegas and her uh, hotline. Yeah. Houston Atlanta Vegas. And then, uh, Say hotline what? bling and, uh, oh, yeah, all these yeah. different songs and whatnot. Uh, yeah. He has invested money into an esports brand that got, that goes by the name of 100 thieves. It was founded by a former professional gamer, Matthew Hag, uh, also known as Nate Shot, and Cleveland Cavaliers chairman Dan Gilbert. Um, and he says, quote, with Drake and Scooter's support, because the other investor is uh, um, Scooter Braun, who is an enta- entertainment business mogul. Um, they invested in this company and they said, with their support, we're going to build a lasting brand on the back of the content and apparel that our fans have come to love. Aggressively expand into more games, scale our apparel business, and build a world class management team. Um, so they're going to be strategic advisors for this group. And in addition to them, they've already received investment money from big venture capitalists like Sequoia Capital. Uh, Tau Capital, Green Bay Ventures, Advanced Capital, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, and also Salesforce CEO Mark Benioff, who is worth tons and tons of money. Um, so, yeah, there's a. Uh the 100 Thieves is involved in tournaments for games such as Call of Duty, League of Legends, Fortnite, and Clash Royale. And this is going to allow them to expand their brand even further. And uh, it's just fascinating. This is a whole world that we don't really touch much into. I, I know. <laughs> but it's it's a huge moneymaker. It's like I, football and like professional sports and right. that stuff. Like that's what they do. They build out these brands of teams that are like the Cowboys sell like millions and billions of dollars for, you know, yeah, just like all this stuff and I, make a bunch and they don't have to play sports to make money. And it's I know. just like coming just, in. Yeah. It's funny because we've kind of been, we've mostly been talking about EA or esports since uh, we started the podcast more or less. And it's funny to see like speculations and seeing how like money's being put into all this stuff and and trying to think of like where it's going to be in the future. And I don't think I could ever guess it blow up this fast and this big. Technically, I guess it's not that big comparative to like other uh, the some of the major sports out there. But still, like it's moving quick. It is, yeah. It is just yeah. There's already millions, almost billions of dollars into this. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. So. It's pretty cool. wild. I mean, good, good for, good for Drake. I mean, we need more people, especially big name people involved. But then, you know, right now we're lucky because there's a certain barrier to entry. There's just a certain barrier in general where like certain people and companies just don't latch on. And I think that kind of makes everything very, I don't know the right word I'm looking for, like clean in a way. 
And uh, as EA start or uh, yeah, um, esports starts to grow, I feel like we're gonna have more and more investors, and it's gonna get to a point where um, it's almost too big, if you know what I mean. Yeah, like too much money being thrown around. No, too it's, much, gonna, it's like, gonna reach the level of NFL for sure. Oh like, yeah, it's no, get to no that doubt. Point. So it's, it's just, gonna be. It's nice to see it the way it is now yeah. because it's still pretty low key, but yeah. eventually it's, it's gonna, gonna, gonna be like it's control. gonna have scandals yeah. and people are gonna do press and public and things just for that's the bad part i know <laughs> gosh but luckily it's contained i feel like it's still contained to yeah good degree um we'll see what happens it'll be sad the day it becomes so big there's just like i don't know yeah i don't know be, i mean i'm hoping they learn their less or these guys that are investing that are coming from other industries learn their lessons a little bit but it's you just can't stop that like you can't control the like how fast something grows or anything like that and be able to make sure you have every like aspect of it covered and protected and like controlled, like shit's going to happen and it's not going to be good at some point or another. We just don't know when it's not a matter of will it happen. It's just a matter of when will it happen. Right. So anyway, that's going to happen. But yeah, there we go. Drake is getting in the business of esports. Woo. After that ninja stream, he's like, I'm all about this life. <laughs> it's going to make me money. Yep. So uh, this is an interesting story. Um, Trine 4 has been announced for multiple platforms, including what? the Switch. What? Um, okay, I'll buy it. <laughs> I hadn't heard about Trine in a while. Uh, I played 1 and 2 religiously. Loved them. Never played 3. Yeah, I didn't um, know 3 even came out. Yeah, yeah, 3 came like, out. Didn't do very well. And uh, obviously, <laughs> so they after they received they made Trine three in 2015 or whatever they started doing some other stuff. They worked on uh, things such as Shadwin and Nine Parchments, as well as Has Been Heroes. Which I did hear about Has Been Heroes. I didn't know they developed it. I didn't know either. But uh, they all worked on all that stuff. Nothing really worked out for them, so they're going back to Trine and releasing Trine Four: The Nightmare Prince, and this will come out um, probably next year. Um, we'll see. I don't know when they're actually. Uh, they're pretty short it, games, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they'll. I think the last one's like eight hours long or something like that, eight or nine hours. Yeah, so not it's it's not terrible in length or anything like that. Yeah. So, um, but I always loved it. I thought it was really clever the mechanic of like having three characters that you can switch out between. Like they were the first ones I felt like to really do that and do it right. And right. their graphic engine was always really pretty and nice and like the physics and the uh, environmental effects and all that stuff was really, really cool. So I'm excited to see them return to that, but I don't know, knowing the landscape of where we are now, like this game was really awesome several years ago, but they're going to have to do something. They're going to have to change up that formula a little bit Oh yeah, in order to oh, stand yeah. out because we've had so many games like it that have just stepped up the game even more. Right. So, um, well, it's good. I, I'm glad it's, it's nice to see these games who spurred certain movements yeah like obviously it's already been this kind of thing's been done before but like i remember when it came out i was like whoa that is a really cool looking indie game you know and now like obviously people ran with that idea and so now they have to change so maybe we'll get something better yeah we're lucky yeah that'll be exactly the same and everyone's gonna be like screw this game (laughs) yeah and then frozen by it will be no more yeah we'll see don't do it happens i can't take another we're closing down the studio (laughs) i know right it's Uh, crazy 
Um, so let's talk about some Microsoft for a little bit. Uh, Microsoft uh, does have plans, they've said, to expand Game Pass to PC. So I didn't realize that this was, I didn't know if this was a thing or not, but I did find out officially that if you have Game Pass, it only works on Xbox. Like if you buy it there, you can't just like buy those games. Either play anywhere games, I assume, you can't play them on your PC. Like if you have Game Pass and you got them through Game Pass, they have to be played on the Xbox only. But they are working on doing that and bringing that to PC. There is talks that it may be an additional cost, which I don't necessarily think is a good idea. I feel like if they want to stay true to this idea of being able to play anywhere and have your games on anything in the world, it should be one price for the entire system. Right. Because the games are coming out on both systems. Why should you have to pay extra just to be able to play it on PC versus the Xbox? Like you, you probably only have one or the other. I would. Like it doesn't, it's not like you're buying two copies. Even I, if you did have that. Yeah, I understand. I would bet it's different licensing stuff, but it's Microsoft. Don't matter. It's like, there's just like, it's licensed it to the Xbox one, right? And it's different when it's licensed to PC. I well, it's like. licensed your computer, your your account, though. I don't know. I just, I mean, well, I, like, because you're going to be able to buy physical about, copies. It, yeah. So that's, I feel like that's different licensing opposed to when you buy on Steam, it's like they're loaning you a copy type thing, which that's probably not a good example, but that's the best way I could think of it. You know what I'm talking about, right? Maybe yeah. you can explain it better. Yeah. The way I that mean, you, like, they give you, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. What, what do they do on Steam when they give you a game? I mean, you, you're not you buying get, it. Well, yeah, you're buying it. You own it. Well, you're buying a code, but they can take it away from you anytime they want. No. Yeah. That's not true. That is true. No. Yes. No. <laughs> yeah. Once you yes. buy it, it's yours. I mean, the service shuts down. Yes. But like, once you have it, like you own that game. Well, we'll come like, back to this because like, like uh, for example, telltale went under, they right, can't, right. they can't just say, Oh, Hey, you don't own this anymore. That game. Well, will no, I understand your library that. for eternity. Right. Right. So you're always going to own that game. It's just, you can you always don't, play it. Yeah. There's but, something in, but you don't own the details. It. It's not a licensing thing though. It's just that it's a, you're, you're paying it through a service. So like if that service shuts down, that game's gone. You don't actually own anything because you're buying it through a service. It's just like, you know, if you invest money in, I mean, even if at a, like a bank, you store your money at a bank, but if that bank goes under, like that money's gone. So you right, don't actually right. own that money unless you have well, physical money in your hand. We'll, we'll come back to this because I want to do yeah. some more research on this. Yeah. But I thought it was different because like obviously when you buy a physical copy, it's yours to own because you get to literally keep it. And yeah. have it. Well, the difference is that you can resell a physical copy technically. Well, yes. And that's what, but, and you have that, that item in your hand. But the right. only reason that you, the ownership is different is because you have a tangible item in your hand versus right. having a digital copy. But the digital copy, like if you buy it through Steam, you own that copy, but you own it through Steam, not something that you can have for eternity and it just sits there. Right, it's right. not physical anymore. No, no I understand. It's through, yeah. a, it's through a system. I mean, I get so. the whole physical digital thing. Yeah. So, Obviously. but there's no difference in the licensing at all. Okay. So yeah, all it's right. just all, all that, that, that way, but it's still annoying though. And that fact that like with this, because between PC and Xbox, like, you know, whether you buy like, whether like say for example, on Xbox, you buy a digital copy versus a physical copy. That's the exact same system. Like you own it regardless, but with this physical digital copy, you can't resell it. 
Like you can't just say like, Hey, I want to sell this to somebody because there's a restriction in that with the digital license to that. So in that regard, you're right. There is a restrictive policy behind that. Right. But, um, but they could do that with your physical copy too. Cause you have a code now that connects to the internet. They could easily shut that down if they wanted to and just say, sorry, your code doesn't work. Anymore. And they were thinking about doing that. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I, I am glad that they're doing, I, I they need to, this needs to happen. This should already be, be right, in existence. Right. Like they have play anywhere. You can See play they, on both places. Like I had the, and the expectation that, because I have game pass, I have it everywhere. Cause that would make them way more competitive. Cause you have the origin access pass that you can buy on PC. You have all these different, like you have the discord nitro. Now you have all these things that are like subscription based on PC. They need to get in They should have gone this game sooner. They're Microsoft, like hop into that and make it happen. Um, PlayStation. Now you can play on PC. Why can't you do this on PC? Like that doesn't make sense. So, um, so does this negate their play anywhere now? Like, if you have to ha- pay more potentially to play on PC, like, what about well, playing? I don't know. That's what well, I'm this curious is, about. This isn't tying in under Cloud X, is it? Or X Cloud? Uh, not yet. Okay, I'm sure eventually will. But I was like, I don't know. If it's if it's one thing to, pay, I mean, I, it just depends how much more you have to pay. If that's the case, yeah, to play anywhere, literally, yeah. like, pay you know twenty bucks a month or whatever. Was it ten bucks a month? Right now? Yeah. Yeah. It's like now pay twenty bucks a month and now you can play on your phone, your tablet, your computer. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know I if mean, I want to spend extra for that, but I mean I could I could see it maybe being a, an appeal. So play all the games on your Xbox or play an extra ten bucks to play anywhere. I guess it would be nice. Yeah. I mean if it was like say five dollars I think would be a, a more reasonable price point for me. Like if I was paying fifteen ninety nine and I could play all my Xbox games, but then those Xbox games are backwards compatible, could then suddenly now work on my PC, that would be pretty sweet. Hmm. Like yeah. finally like play Halo on your PC. Like not with the Project X Cloud stuff where it's streaming, but like being able to actually physically play it. Well, that's what I'm talking about. You pay like an extra ten like, bucks and you get to stream it anywhere you want. Yeah. Stream on it top. or download well, download it or stream it. Stream it, it doesn't matter. Okay. Whatever. So so, X, uh, so yeah. So Literally play X-Cloud. anywhere. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So that's for what an the extra X, service. That's what the X Cloud's gonna be then. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm just that's what I'm thinking. Like yeah. why they haven't put it in there yet. Why I don't know. Yeah. There's a lot going on here. There <laughs> is. Say that. There is. Yeah. Um, anyway, but yeah, so Game Pass coming to PC at some point. Um, it needs to happen. So it'll we'll see how they tie it in with XCloud next year. Um, so I'm sure they're gonna have announcement at E three of their like XCloud of Game Pass advancements. Probably they're gonna talk about their new console, a lot of stuff coming out. So we shall see. All right. Next up on the docket, we have Epic Games has signed a deal for a bunch of investment money, $1.25 billion they've secured in funding from companies such as uh, a bunch of venture capitalist companies that nobody knows about, except for Kleiner Perkins. I know who they are, but I don't know if anybody else does. But uh, yeah, (laughs) so my gosh. That's a lot of money. My gosh. So according to the Wall Street Journal, that brings their valuation to a massive $15 billion for Epic Games, which is a lot of money. That's what the fuck? Big amount. Talk about the best move ever made. (laughs) Maybe. Well, I don't know. Like, because now they have more people involved in like telling them what they can and cannot do. 
because these guys now have a say in the company, which sucks. Because like with with investments, you also can acquire board seats through that. And if you're sitting on the board, you now have a say in what the company does next. So that could mean more and more like, hey, we want you to make money. We don't care about the quality of your games anymore. So that well, that concerns strictly me. Strictly from a numbers point standpoint, then yes, this is a very good move. Yeah. But yes, I, I definitely yeah. agree. Like that's not good. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, I don't know how Fortnite is so big right now. I don't know. Yeah. Kids, man. It's yeah. Kids. I guess this is a good problem to have. I don't know. Like, yeah. they're so popular. They're getting all these investors and it's like, oh, cool. Yeah. So they say that the investment is going to create powerful partnerships with highly strategic firms and individuals at the forefront of technology, entertainment, professional sports, esports, and live events. So that's one of the reasons why you would take investments is that you want to get assets and insight from people who have the abilities to help you expand upon areas that you're not necessarily skilled at. So um, they want to get more into esports. They want to get more into just entertainment in general. They don't understand how that stuff works. So by taking in investments from companies that do have that expertise, right. they're get, they're buying in, giving money to uh, Epic in return for them having a say in how that company like manages that particular aspect of that business. Right. So um, yeah. So there's a lot of stuff that's happened. I didn't realize Tencent bought into uh, Epic back in uh, 2013 for $330 million and has a 48% controlling interest of the company. So that is quite a bit of money and control of the business, but they still have ownership. Right. So what I'm curious about, just from like a equity standpoint, like they have 48%. So that would mean that there's only 52% left of ownership. So these other companies that bought in must not be getting equity in any, any capacity because there's, there's only 2% yeah. left or whatever. And yeah. if Tim Sweeney and this group still has ownership, what they must be doing instead is like I mentioned earlier, like the board seat. Like if you invest X amount of dollars, you now have a seat on the board to have a say in the way our company goes, right. but you don't get the equity coming in from the money that we raise. Right. But I mean, they might get something back on their investment, but they're not going right, right. to own it like long term or something. Right. I don't know how that works. But, but now I'm curious, like, what's next for Epic? They just acquired all this funding. Like, what are they going to do next? It's going to be Epic, whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> we can only hope, man. We can only hope because at first they were like, you know, with Paragon, they're like, oh, this is not going to cost anything, but you can buy the bundle, whatever. We're going to make this really cool MOBA style game. And now it's Fortnite, which is a huge money maker. Which I mean, they're doing a good job. They are yeah. doing a good job with that. People love it, making yeah. lots of money. They're making stuff people want to play, so that's good. Yeah. But it's like, what is next? Dude. Are they going to try to one up Fortnite? Are they just going to like blow up Fortnite in a way where like they add a bunch of new maps, add a bunch of new stuff, or like? Maybe start a new game. Yeah, I mean, they said here this isn't going to necessarily go towards Fortnite itself, but it's going to go good, towards other good, things in their good. system. So I'm thinking that they might. I mean, I think this would be a good catalyst for them to then take this money and jump off into do something different, doing more, taking more risks, like they did with Paragon, which didn't work, right? But doing that kind of idea in a different realm. So you know, maybe they'll tap into. I, I mean, I don't know. Hopefully, they get into more story based content that'd be cool to see them return to that right um beyond just gears of war Um, i'm sure this is going to mean a lot more for vr development because they did robo recall that was really good so um i wish more companies would like when they get something like this they take the risk pick up like a small developer or sorry yeah a small developer like a small studio who's doing good things just like microsoft did with with uh 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 who did sinua sacrifice 
uh, the uh, theory, theory, something ninja theory, theory. ninja theory. There you yeah, go. like that was amazing to see. Yeah, and there's a small company doing what they love, and they did what they set out what they did to do or needed to do. Made yep. the money, made the product the way that they wanted to, and it's like that is freaking amazing. Find people like that, give them some cash, and they're going to yeah. make you something amazing that people are going to want to buy, and then you're going to create a community that's just gonna, it's just a ripple after that. You know what I mean? Yep. But you know the ripple. I'm sure they already have plans and stuff, and they already know what they want to do with it. Yeah, a lot of money that they're just going to do all kinds of crazy stuff with. Basically, you're just going to see epic brand everywhere on everything. <laughs> it went from them kind of being low key to like, <laughs> speaking of which side note on a, uh, so Red Dead Redemption, like, you know, we haven't really seen much advertising about it up until like very recently. Right. Right. And, uh, I listened to, this is my guilty pleasure, but I listened to a podcast called my dad wrote a porno. <laughs> effing Rockstar was advertising and my dad wrote a porno. I feel like that's the most random market for them to be targeting. But then again, I mean, I listen to it and I play video games and they, uh, 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 my dad wrote a porno apparently has 1.8 million downloads or something like that. Wow. An episode. So like they have a huge massive audience that they can reach with like one fell swoop. So the first thing you hear when you listen to the last two episodes, which I'm finally officially caught up with the entire season nice. uh, series actually in general, which is crazy. Um, they, uh, the first it's like 30 seconds is a rock star advertisement. It's like, son of a bitch. That's well, smart. Look at that. That's smart. And I bet they sure listen to it, it too. Costs a whole lot. Could, right. But, yeah. So anyway, uh, next up, Devil May Cry. Those Devil May Cry fans that are out there can uh, get the ultra limited edition of the game for a mere minor price point of $8,000. What do you get for that $8,000? Well, you get Dante's leather coats, an exact replica of the coats for $8,000. It's a floor length leather coat. If you want that, $8,000. It looks pretty, but do you want to pay $8,000 for a leather coat plus a game? I don't know, but you can and you will. Or if you don't want to spend that much money for $6,500, you can get the Nero edition, which gets you Nero's jacket, which also looks cool. Or you can just get for $5,300, the V's edition, which gives you that jacket. So you can get jackets for a lot of money. I can't wait to scour Reddit and find all the people who were dumb enough to buy this. Now, yes, it might provide some value to you, but $8,000 for a <laughs> fucking game. Yeah. That, that is, is there's stupid. no way you could like sell that afterwards and actually I know. make any kind of real Gamers profit off of that or not made of money. This is not a good idea. Yeah. This is well, not a good idea. Somebody will buy it. I'm sure but somebody, hey, but like, crazy. is there going to be five made in the world? That's it. Like, yeah, yeah. They're going to make a whole line of these games coming out. It's one thing to have like a special edition that's like 150 bucks by God, let alone 500 bucks. Yeah. I'm done, with, I'm done with this article. So there you go. March 8th, 2019, get Devil May Cry 5 and spend $8,000 to get the uh, limited edition set. All right. Last thing we have is going to be GTA 6. Uh, there was an interview with uh, Rockstar co-founder Dan Hauser. And uh, he was talking about making Grand Theft Auto 6 and saying that this year, especially this year, it would be very hard. He would not want to be releasing GTA 6 this year because it would be very tricky given today's political climate. 
Um, so he's kind of glad that they are releasing Red Dead Redemption 2, which is something that lives out in the olden days. It's grounded, almost somber tone. But the thing with GTA is that it's been a vessel for biting satire of American culture and history. And um, a lot of things where they make fun of people in modern days and uh, exaggerated depictions of society. Um, and a lot of things that would basically make people probably upset right now and not realize that it is actually satire, um, yeah. and yeah. not see that. So, yeah. um, it might, might yeah. be like another five, eight years. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, it sucks. So I hate hearing that because I want GTA six at some point. Oh, yeah, like, no, I think I, it's going to happen. Well, I mean, it's going to happen for sure. But like, it's just like, it sucks to hear like the creator of GTA six saying like, damn, like, it would be hard to make this game right now because you like probably have to release it after the Trump. The fact presidency. that you have to come out and say that just sucks. Yeah. 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 Because it's just so, yeah, we live in a w- world where you can't really say much of anything without getting scrutinized by somebody somewhere. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, That's freaking, not good. It's just, it's crazy. <laughs> it's funny cause we don't, well, I don't, I don't know. I haven't really heard much coming out about GTA five since this release up to yeah. now about like, you know, where it stands, but I don't know. People really don't look too far back in time to be like, I don't know. Games really don't get scrutinized too much about stuff like that, but it has happened. I know it has. Oh yeah. It's not like a huge deal compared to like the actual political climate. Most of it's just like violence in video games is what gets scrutinized. Nothing else really gets touched on, but like, it's like, Oh, games are too violent and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, it's, um, this would be a questionable thing because I mean, Rockstar has always been ripe for being scrutinized a lot. Like right. this game should not be rated M; it should be rated NC seventeen or whatever the next level is. Of, <laughs> I don't think that exists. I think it's video AO. Games. I think it's AO. I think it's like adults only or something like oh, that okay. is the next rate. I don't think I've ever seen that. In a, um, yeah, I think it's only happened like two or three times yeah. in history, right. and that never gets on store shelves right. because that would not happen. Well, it's rated M for mature for a reason. Yep. So, um, yeah, yeah, and I've always loved that about. GTA. Yeah. It's like they just outlandish American, you know, the America. Yeah. They make fun of t- tropes. They're like South Park in a yeah. way. They just like sit there and make fun of all these, all but these see, tropes South, and stuff. South Park actually, comparatively, I feel like GTA really goes out, like out there on a limb when South Park uh, yeah. actually kind of has it toned down a bit. Yeah. Enough for me digestible every week. Yeah. Well, like GTA can do it because the fact that it's a game that's not like coming out on TV amongst other things. So right. It's not like GTA, unless you bought it, you can't, I mean, well now with Twitch and stuff like that, yes, you can like passively watch it on TV or whatever, you know, on Twitch, but like with South Park, you know, somebody's scrolling through TV. You don't want Comedy Central doesn't want to have, horrible things. I mean, granted South Park definitely still pushes the limits, but like, right. You don't want somebody flipping through channels and stumbling upon South Park and being hit with like, you know, dicks in the face and stuff like that and all that, you know, that does happen. <laughs> but that's why a South Park, the video game is so freaking messed up. Like it's yes. on a whole nother level yeah. because they're able to go, they're able to push, it, push it further. Cause you were intentionally buying this game to see this content. Right. So right. You can control that a little bit more, but good deal. It's wild, man. Yes, it's wild. yes it is. But uh, anyway, on that note, um, I think we're going to have to cut this podcast and and uh, hold the last article. That's fine. I think we're reaching a time limit here of uh, extensiveness. So <laughs> uh, I know, right? It's been, it's been long. We've been going. Thank you, News, for being so uh, just 
so much to talk everything. about. Yeah. Um, so that's going to wrap it up for our news segment this week. Uh, we want to actually have a discussion in a later podcast about Fallout 76 and uh, the beta and all that stuff. But we're going to save that for next time. So stay tuned and be excited for that because I think it's going to be a pretty interesting discussion. Uh, if you have questions or want to contribute something to next week's segment, including providing feedback about what your thoughts are in Fallout 76, Bethesda as a studio, their lore that they've been developing, their lack of lore maybe with this new game, um, and just online services in general. Send us in your questions to hello at theinnergamer.net and we might talk about them on the podcast next time uh, when we have this discussion. We'll also have some of the most important news stories on youtube.com slash innergamer this Thursday. If you like what you hear, give us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts. We'll be right back with our video game releases. You're listening to Looking forward to next week. Let's talk about our upcoming video game releases. Red Dead Redemption 2 is already out, so I don't know. It's going to be hard to be hyped about anything else at this point, but there's still some hype to be had. We are entering into the month of November. Uh, that is uh, a big deal, actually, because there's still more stuff to come out, believe it or not. It's crazy. It has not even over yet. Uh, on October, or no, November 2nd, we have on the Switch Diablo 3 The Eternal Collection. The entirety of Diablo 3 is finally coming to the Switch in handheld form. You're going to get the expansion packs, Rise of the Necromancer and Reaper of Souls. The exclusives include on the Switch bonus cosmetics featuring an armor transmog set before for the king of all evil, Ganador. Four-player online, local co-op, or single console couch co-op supports Switch single and dual Joy-Con. So that's exciting. Also on the second, we have on PSVR exclusively, Daracene, which is a game from from software and Hidetaki Miyazaki. Um, in this game, you take the role as an unseen fairy in a secluded boarding school. The player moves around in frozen time and collects various bits of information that serve to unfold an overarching mystery. I'm excited to jump into that. I would definitely want to play that game and give it a try. Uh, also on November 6th, we have on PS4, Xbox One, PC, Overkills, The Walking Dead. In this game, it's a four-player co-op action FPS where you fight the dead as well as the living. Set in the Walking Dead universe, you and your group try to survive in post-apocalyptic Washington, D.C. Austin, you played a minute of this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Eh. Exciting. Eh. Ready for Left 4 Dead? No. Left 4 Dead, like nope. successor? No. Damn. Okay. That's it's up. a wannabe. It has some interesting uh, moments in there, but I think there's so many other things coming out right now. Literally just stick with the major things. It'll be a wait kind of thing. I think be you like should wait. A, they should, you should definitely lot. buy this on sale. Now, it's just the beta, so things could change. I don't know. But from the beta perspective, I'm not looking forward to playing it. Fair enough. Or even getting it at this point. Awesome. Well, that's going to wrap up the show this week. Be sure and check us out next Tuesday for more from your favorite video game podcast. Visit theinnergamer.net for our latest episodes, blogs, videos, and social channels. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or tell a friend. And also, don't forget, on November 9th, it's our next event that we have coming up. It'll be at New Main Brewing in Pantigo, Texas, right in between... uh, Dallas and Fort Worth, we will be having a Battle of the Bands, collaborating with uh, podcast controllers and keyboards, as well as Game Night Dallas. So y'all should come out and check it out. 
We also have a Patreon setup, which is a way for you, our listeners, to donate to the cause in order to bring you all the great content you want to see in here. Even a dollar a month will help us keep this content coming to you every week. Plus, if you support us, we have some awesome rewards waiting for you, such as being a guest on the podcast or getting exclusive content. So head on over to theinnergamer.net and click Donate to Contribute. My name's Austin Morales. And my name is... Brian Oski. John Marston. Ah, you wish. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll catch you all next week. Bye. I don't know your real name, Kathy. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Three, two, one.